1: And then he follows this up with a second question. He says, if I speak the truth, and if I didn't, somebody here would have pointed it out. If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? And they could offer no response again. Because his logic was irrefutable.
2: Have you ever had a conversation uh, like that with someone where, out of frustration, you just finally say, you're not listening to me. Of course you have. We all have. And uh, oftentimes the situation is that, well, they're listening, but they're just not hearing what you're saying. They don't understand it or they don't want to understand it. That's where Jesus was with the Pharisees, and we're going to learn more about that situation on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He's continuing in the book of John, the ninth chapter. If you'd like to follow along, open your uh, Bible to the New Testament book of John as we study with uh, Pastor Leighton
1: verse by verse. We couldn't hear him because they were not of God. Like someone who's stone deaf can't really appreciate the thrill of music. Like someone who is colorblind cannot really appreciate a picture. Like someone who has no sense of time and rhythm cannot fully appreciate dance. Only a person who knows God can hear what God says. Now the Jewish people had a wonderful way of thinking about the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God provided two functions. First off, that he... That the Spirit of God revealed God's truth. And then secondly, that he enabled mankind to recognize and grasp that truth. And what Jesus was saying is, you're not in tune with the Spirit of God. You cannot hear the things of God. And so he demolished any false sense of security that they had in being Abraham's descendants. And made it clear that they were really the children of Satan, and they were doomed to Satan's punishment if they didn't repent. And then this is how they respond, verse 48. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying you're a Samaritan and a demon? Now, this is what's taking place. They could not logically counter what Jesus had said, and so they resorted to an ad hominem attack. They begin calling Jesus names. Ad hominem is an argument or reaction arising from or appealing to the emotions and not logic or reason. Now, whenever an antagonist resorts to calling names and vicious smears, it's because they're not able to win a logical argument or debate. Many Americans have forgotten this fundamental axiom of debate, and they allow themselves to get caught up in emotional froth. You're watching a debate on television and someone resorts to name-calling, innuendo, smears, and and emotional triggers, it's because they've lost the argument. And the Jewish leaders that day had lost the argument with Jesus, and so they resorted to calling him names. They called him a Samaritan. Now, the Jewish people despised the Samaritans. We've talked about them before. They were the Jewish people who were left over after the Northern Kingdom was taken away, they intermarried. With the Assyrians, they had their own temple. They had their own priests, They had their own religion. They didn't really accept the entire Old Testament. And, effectually, if, if what they were doing is they were calling Jesus a false teacher. You're not a true priest from God. You're a Samaritan priest. You're a false teacher. And then they, furthermore, went on to say that he was possessed by a demon. That's an accusation they made against John the Baptist as well. And to say that someone was demon-possessed was tantamount to saying, you're insane. You're mad. Because oftentimes, people who are possessed by demons were not rational. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now, This verse 51 really shows to us the grace of Jesus Christ because this is an invitation to salvation. He is surrounded by people who hate him, who want to kill him, who have rejected him, and he is offering them eternal life. He's willing to go to Calvary's cross to pay the wages of their sin. That's what Jesus is doing here. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. I'm making an invitation and a promise to you. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets, and yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And because they, what they heard from Jesus, they interpreted in a strictly literal and Earthly sense, they said, wait a minute. Abraham died. The prophets died. They didn't have power over death. You claim to have power over death. Who do you think you are? God? Which he was. But they rejected that. They say, you surely are demon possessed. You're insane you're mad the things you claim verse 54 Jesus answered if I glorify myself my glory is nothing it is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God but you have not known him I know him and if I were to say that I do not know him I would be a liar like you ouch but I do know him and I keep his word Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And so the Jews said to him, you're not yet even 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Now Abraham had lived about 2,000 years previous to this. In a physical sense, Jesus could not possibly have seen him. But I want you to notice how they twisted Jesus' words. Jesus did not say that he had seen Abraham. He said that Abraham had seen him. And he was speaking prophetically that Abraham, by faith, was looking forward to the time that God would send his Messiah to this world. But they twisted what Jesus said. People who are children of the liar, the father of lies, twist what people say. Twist what people see in order to affect their own agenda. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. When Jesus said, I am, he was bestowing upon himself the name of God himself who gave us that name in Exodus chapter 3. God says, tell them I am. Sent you to Moses when he gave Moses the assignment to go back into Egypt to rescue his people. And what Jesus was saying is, before Abraham was, 2,000 years ago, I am. I pre-existed Abraham. I was from the beginning. It was so clearly a claim to God that it was considered by those who were there blasphemy. And any time a person would commit blasphemy, it was, the response was to stone them. And so they picked up stones wanting to kill Jesus. There's no other religious character in all of history that have made such claims. There's a a teaching going around that suggests that Jesus never claimed to be God. Yes, he did. Many times. Just read the book. Many years ago, we had a godly pastor on staff here, Pastor Mark Hinman. He's gone on to his eternal reward. But Pastor Mark had a, a passion for reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he trained many of our congregation how to share their faith with others. And there were a couple of questions that he taught us to ask so that we would understand where where the person was at that we were talking with. And one of the questions that he taught us to ask is, if you were to die and you were to stand before God, and God were to ask you the question, Why should I let you into my heaven? Why? Why should I let you into my heaven? How would you answer that? How would you answer that? You know, the answers that we heard most often were something along these lines. Well, you know, basically I'm a good person. Or, you know, I I, I, I come from a Christian family. My grandma, she was a godly woman. She prayed for me every night. Her prayers have made me safe. I go to a good Christian church. And those kinds of answers. The Bible tells us that all of that is valueless. in terms of providing us the righteousness that is required to stand in the presence of Holy God. That if we're going to stand in the presence of Holy God, it's going to be because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That Christ has taken all of our sins, for which the penalty is death, and carried them to Calvary's cross, and there paid the wages of our sin, so that we can stand in the presence of God as though we had never sinned all through the grace of God. The invitation that Jesus gave to those people that rejected him so vehemently that day is still open. And if you receive him as your Savior and Lord, the word of God says you will not be disappointed. Amen. Lord, we are so thankful that your word is so clear. Jesus Christ did indeed claim to be God. And we have to make a choice, each one of us individually, whether we're going to believe that he was speaking the truth or that he was insane.
2: Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with another edition of Study Verse by Verse. And if there's any way we can help you with that decision, you can get in touch with us uh, through the web. We have all of our contact information there at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. What a privilege it would be to answer any of your questions at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Our host is Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the broadcast as he continues in the book of John. And we study...